Thank you, little Lisa. Let us pray. Almighty and gracious God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would uh, make your word come alive in our hearts and that you would speak through my meager words that we may hear today what we need to hear from you and that we would be transformed by your word. In Christ Jesus we pray. Amen. Well, uh, Jackie and I are, are continuing to try to do a little summer worship uh, sermon series on the Apostles' Creed. Uh, last Sunday, Jackie talked about God. And now my task is to talk about Jesus in about 12 to 14 minutes. I think I can do it. Kind of reminds me of years ago, I was asked to be a part of a special worship service and the, the pastor said, I need six minutes on grace. I said, seven minutes? No, six minutes. How about five and a half? No, I need six minutes on grace. So, <clears throat> I think mine was seven and a half, okay? But uh, it, was, it was amusing to me, such a specific request. Well, the Apostles' Creed, I believe, we, uh, we, we just rip this thing off and we don't think too much about it, although sometimes we do. I believe in God, amen. I believe in Jesus Christ, that sounds good. I believe in the Holy Spirit, not sure, but I'm okay. I believe in the virgin birth. Well, then that begins to trip some Christians up over the centuries, actually. That's not a new one. And... Um, I was reading an article by William Willimon on the Creed, and he said, well, um, first of all, just remember that you don't have to fully understand something to believe in it. For example, if I'm about to go get on a jumbo jet that's got 350 passengers, I believe that somehow that thing's going to get off the ground and fly at 450 miles an hour. I don't understand how something that heavy can fly, but I believe that it will. Or I don't entirely understand how cell phones work and they start talking about microphones, I mean microwaves, and isn't that an oven, and how do you make a phone call with a microwave, and I don't understand that, but I believe it. When I pick up my phone, I believe that's how it's going to work. And if the virgin birth is some sort of way of describing that God is in Jesus in some unique and special way, then I believe that. I believe that God is in Jesus in some unique and wonderful way, even though I don't completely understand how that is. Second thing is when we say, I believe, uh, the word believe in English uh, is uh, an a slippery word that doesn't always have that much power for us. Uh, I believe I'm going to eat some ice cream today, right? Uh, I believe I'm not going to watch that show tonight. Uh, what does it say? To, say mean to say I believe? Does that just mean I'm okay with it or I give some sort of intellectual assent to it but I'm not all that uh, sure what it is I'm saying? Uh, the Latin word is credo, credo, and credo means something more like uh, I'm committed to, I'm committed to this. 
uh, back in the late 50s when Fidel Castro was consolidating power in Cuba and trying to establish a communist government and communist governments are usually pretty anti-Christian and he kind of let it be known that uh, he would not be friendly to Christianity in Cuba almost overnight there were bumper stickers that started appearing on cars and it said uh, credo in Dio, credo in Cristo I believe in God. I believe in, in Christ. And that's more of a, of a commitment that I, this is what I am committed to, even if it gets me in trouble, even if it gets me persecuted. I believe I'm committed to this. So when we say, I believe in Jesus Christ, what is it that we are committing to? What is it that we believe? Are we merely saying, I believe that he existed? Are we saying, yes, he was a great teacher, or he was a great moral example, or he was a prophet of some kind? And of course, there are many people that believe those things, but maybe no more. But we're, we're looking for more, right? So the titles that you see scattered throughout the New Testament are helpful. Son of God, Son of Man, King of Kings, Emmanuel, Savior, Messiah, Christ, Lord, Master, Teacher, Rabbi, the Logos, the Son of David, the Lamb of God, the Light of the World, the Good Shepherd, the King of the Jews. I could go on and on, and that's helpful, I think. Uh, I get most of these titles, but again, what, what is it that I'm really committing to in a way that speaks to my heart? When on Sunday mornings when we stand up and we proclaim, I believe in Jesus Christ, what are we claiming? What are we committing to? I think the scripture that Rissa wrote, read from the, no, you didn't write this, you read it. Um, in John 14, I'm not used to speaking to people anymore, okay? You're throwing me off, and I don't know what you're really thinking behind those masks, okay? This is uh, from the 14th chapter of the Gospel of John, and it's this conversation, this long conversation that Jesus is having in the upper room right before he goes to the cross. And he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Three more titles. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. And from now on, you do know him. And you've seen him. And then Philip says, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Although you get the feeling it's not going to be enough. Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. It's an extraordinary claim. I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. And if you don't believe this, he says, then at least believe the works that you have witnessed. So what are the works that we have witnessed? What do we see? When we see Jesus, what do we see? Well, when Jesus is in the neighborhood, the blind start to see things. The lame get up and go for a walk. The dead 
are not dead anymore. The deaf begin to hear things. The diseased become whole and healthy. The unclean become pure. The dead are raised to life. The poor are lifted up. Those in bondage to the demonic are set free. Rest for the weary. The hungry get fed. The children get blessed. The repentant forgiven. The polarized unified. The hypocrites get called out. Sin is taken seriously. Enemies of God are to be loved, but don't continue to be an enemy of God because there are consequences. Repent. Stop sinning. Stop causing harm. There is heaven, but there is also hell. Repent. Love. Forgive. Consider the lilies of the field. Do not worry about tomorrow. Blessed are the meek and the mourning and the peacemakers. Truth matters. Justice matters. The orphans and the widows matter. Even the foreigners among you matter. Money doesn't seem to matter. Possessions will not save you. The poor are to be lifted up. Outsiders get to be insiders. The rejected accepted. The hopeless given future and promise. The lost welcomed home. Death defeated. The demonic powerless There is no them, there is just us, and we're all in this together. Now, I'm willing to commit myself to that, that kind of God. This is what I believe. This is the kind of God we serve. A God that, well, is like Jesus. That's the kind of God I want to believe in. And that's the kind of Christ that I am committed to. And what other kind of God would you want to be a part of? I was listening to a podcast, and it was uh, Alan Alda from MASH. He, he does this podcast on communications. And he's talking to Sarah Silverman, a comedian. And he was bringing all this up. He was recounting this with her. She seemed a little shy to talk about it, but he kept talking about it. He, he, she has this Twitter account that people follow, and some angry man uh, called her a, a, a very inappropriate sexist word. Very incredibly inappropriate in public, on Twitter, social media, out there in the world. And she could have responded in anger. and No one would have blamed her, I don't think. She could have pushed back. She could have called him out. She could have ridiculed him in public. She could have ignored him. But she wrote back. She said, I believe in you. She looked this guy up on Facebook. She followed his timeline. She realized that he suffered from tremendous back pain. She said, I believe in you. She said, your rage is thinly disguised pain. And you already know that. And I I know something of severe back pain myself. I have some understanding. Choose love over rage and pain. And he wrote back. This is all in public. He says, I can't choose love. It was taken away from me 
when I was eight years old when my body was violated by a man and if I could find that man I would kill him and she said you can't keep living like this she said here here are some support groups near you that I looked up and everybody in every one of those support groups has been sexually violated as well and you need to see a doctor he said I, I will go to one of those groups but I'm, I'm very poor and I don't have money for a doctor's visit and so she began to raise some money so he could go to the doctor and he began to go to the support groups and they continued to communicate and had a kind of a friendship and he was so thankful all he needed was one person to believe in him I believe in Jesus Christ and I'm committed to him because I dare to believe that he believes in me that even hanging on a cross he would not give up on me or you it seems like the world has gone mad hasn't it and some of it I understand and some of it quite honestly I don't understand and I'm not going to be naive about how deeply how profoundly deep these problems are but I can't just sit around and think about who's right and who's wrong I believe I believe in something bigger I believe in something more redemptive I believe in something more transformational I believe in reconciliation it seems impossible right now credo in Dio credo in Cristo I believe in God I believe in Christ I believe he believes in us and sometimes that's all we need amen